All right, so we will go ahead and draw our next card, which is the Ace of Hearts. Let's see, the Ace is somewhere private. And let's see, Hearts is a friend, someone who needs someone to listen. So with somewhere private, the city introduce a trusted confidant to the hero and describe where the hero meets them. So we are somewhere private with a confidant. So we have a new confidant <laughs> and we'll place them in the, the hearts section of the city. Why not? This is the commons. Who is this trusted confidant with access to the echelons of power? Where is this fun and quiet place? This is a person I was thinking about earlier and liked and want to introduce. This is the commons. This is a very public area. You meet them at a coffee shop. I think you walk in and they're already seated down and there's two cups of coffee ready to go. Uh, I don't know if you're in civilian clothes. I don't know if that's mandatory here. Again, this is kind of a weird dreamscape. But she's sitting at the back and she wears a kind of a stark white outfit with a black stripe down the side and then running shoes with red soles. Mm -hmm. She's got a pair of what look like snowboard goggles um, that kind of hang loosely around her neck and very short blonde hair. Uh, and this is a friend of yours. I don't think you know their personal name, if they even have one. They are simply the courier. Mm. And they take things from one place to another for various people who do not want to go through the normal means of doing so. Uh, sometimes she carries very important things for very important and powerful people. And sometimes she carries very dangerous things. But it is it is in her nature to not share those things. That's what her business operates on. But I think she's asked you here for coffee because she said she she had something that had not remained hidden. And she's sitting there kind of nervously tapping her fingers on the side of a cup of coffee. And there is a thick manila folder uh, on the table when you walk in. Jackie is going to be in... Um... Interestingly enough, she's not going to be in her usual uniform. She's actually, in this case, she's dressed a little bit more like Nighthawk in that she's wearing a black sort of spy outfit, for lack of a better thing to call it, and a standard superhero domino mask. But otherwise, she's like still pretty identifiable. Her hair is pretty recognizable. But this is just sort of out of a almost professional level of discretion. Like, this is a thing that they just do. It's a standard for how they operate with each other. They know this about each other. That, you know, if they're going to be seen together, it makes sense that they're, like, also still slightly concealed in some way. Jackie approaches the table. sits down, presumably with a cup of coffee sort of already there. And takes a sip and says, Long time no see. How's it been going? I think she goes, Not well. Things are rough, to say the least. Uh, yeah. Seems a bit of that going around. I've heard. 
So, seen what you've had to deal with recently. Huh. Yeah, it's not been great, but enough of enough worrying about me. Said you had something. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Are are you good? Do you need anything? I already got you coffee, but lunch is on me if you're hungry. Coffee is just fine. Thank you. I think she goes on. She's like, well, you know, I know your work's important and mine I can't really talk about, but like it's uh, given everything, it's it's nice to catch up. If you if you been okay? Uh, yeah, mostly. I mean, the situation with the trains the other day was certainly not the best. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was embarrassing. Oh, more than anything else, that was just embarrassing. I mean, thankfully, nobody died, but like, oh, God. We all have those days. Uh, I once stumbled and dropped a package 30 stories. Ooh. It had eggs in it. Oh, no. Oof. Yikes. Was not not my finest delivery. Uh, well, it happens, I guess. Yeah. Definitely, sometimes it does. But, you know, I got the package and I got it delivered. I'm still getting jobs. You will... You're, uh, you will always be in business. We everybody, well, everybody knows you're the best, but also simultaneously doesn't know who you are, which I guess maintains that you are in fact the best. So there you go. They know I'm the courier. That's exactly. And the way things are going, I think you're gonna be in business for quite some time. Oh God, you're probably right. But I've got uh, something I thought you might want to see. Oh, she slides the envelope over and she's like, this is, well, somebody asked me to deliver these and I took a look at them and, and they don't make a lot of sense to me, but I could tell it was something that isn't good. And I think you needed to see it. And inside is a, a bunch of invoices that are being paid out to Holly Pandon. And uh, invoices for repairs on at the station at 65th and Faust, um, which you know is not being repaired. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, it's like I I know that station hasn't seen any repairs in in months. It it hasn't. What's all this money going for? I don't know, but I thought you might be interested. Um, it's being paid out by... Did we determine who, who was hiring Haley to, to build a, the, the fancy thing? Was it Salvador and Ross? I don't know if we've said for sure. Okay, then, yeah, I think she says that, like... I, if you want to add something in here, Elliot, based on, on villain stuff... Um, maybe now's a, a, a time to, to figure out who these invoices are being paid by, or maybe there's just like it's it's uh, it's dozens of different companies. There's no way to track it to who's actually doing it. I like that idea. It plays into what I've got in mind. Mm. Right. It's it's just from it's from dozens of different companies. Huh. 
no two invoices are paid out by the same holding. That's suspicious. That is honestly extremely suspicious. Because if this were legit, it wouldn't need to be coming from all of these different sources. Which means it involve a little bit of digging, but gotta find gotta find the find the river that all these tributaries are branching off of. She says, I can't I have to get this delivered. My reputation's at stake, but Something told me to look inside this envelope, and I did. And I feel like this is something you need to see. I know you're connected to Holly. Yeah. I know something is going on here. Yeah, there's something happening. I guess I'm going to have to either trust, uh, trust an old friend and ask them or ask someone else, but regardless, some questions are going to need to be asked. But don't worry. If anyone asks, I didn't see them here. I appreciate your discretion. And she stuffs them back into the envelope and, and reseals it. All right. And then we've got our Joker. Oh. So the first Joker is the downfall. This is where the enemy finally shows themselves. And defeats the hero, at least oh, for now. Boy. It is here that the hero is confronted at last by the villain, who makes themselves known by striking deep at the heart of the hero. There is a battle that happens. Lives are lost, destruction spreads, and hero, you are beaten back for now. You'll come back, heroes always do. But this is your downfall. So... We've got questions that each of us answer before we get to the scene. Starting off with the hero. So, hero, Raven, if you wouldn't mind reading those out and answering them for me. Sure. So, these questions are, what piece of yourself most scares you? How do you see that amplified in the villain? Uh, I think for her, it would be her recklessness in the face of potentially being useless. Her constant worry is that she's going to let people down and disappoint people. And I think what that then also translates to is that she will occasionally then make decisions. And those reckless decisions are the thing that would that would then be amplified it's a fear of being not useful to others not powerful enough and how that is amplified is by just profound recklessness and also a bit of bravado and the second question there is what weakness are you afraid will be discovered how does the villain use it honestly like the first thing that's coming up for me is that like the weakness here is largely that she is very much afraid of her own potential uselessness and of her own potential like inability to either control her powers or have any at all in a moment where she needs them and in terms of how a villain could use that, there's a myriad of ways 
you know, freak her the hell out and paralyze her with fear. It's not a very, like, well-kept secret that she's, like, terrified of not being able to help people and, like, not being able to save people. Um, and the disappointment that comes from that. I think with the snake literally being part of you, the sort of, like, opposite half of Jackie, I think, like, he just doesn't care about not being useful. He knows what he wants. He steps up. He takes it. He doesn't care about what actions he has to take or the consequences to get there. Like, he is reckless in the same way that Jackie is, but he doesn't give a shit about it. Like, he's not afraid of being reckless. He relishes it. So then we go to the city. Yes, the city. What part of the hero most scares you? And how is the villain the worst version of that? And what is your biggest fear for the city? How does the villain embody that? Um, I mean, there's an easy answer here, which is what part of the hero most scares you? Well, it is the snake. Mm -hmm. How is the villain the worst version of that? It is the snake. But what part of the hero most scares you is 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 that that dark alter ego, that dark part of the psyche, and how is the villain the worst version of that? Because it it is and it's preying, and it is it is it is hunting, and it is changing things. It is the worst version of that because that is what it is. And my biggest fear for the city, what's the what's the city's biggest uh, fear? Um, how does the villain embody that? Is that I think this goes one of two ways. One of them's going to win. My biggest fear for the city is that it, it's taken over. It, the snake wins. It consumes this, this place or changes it irreparably to match its own nature. And the villain embodies that because it seems it, it, is, it is behind every corner. It is behind everything bad that has happened. It is that lurking fear that darkness that is has, has been coming to light uh, the villain embodies it by being reckless by taking control and acting in in ways that the raven can't predict can't can't match can't handle and then we move on to me the villain mm. what power do you crave and how are you going to seize I crave the complete and utter domination and downfall of the Raven. We have been fighting this battle for millennia upon millennia, and I'm ready to end it. And I'm going to end it by ending the Raven inside of her own mind and inside of her own body. What insurmountable odds will the hero have to come, have to overcome to defeat you is that you, you as Jackie, have only been alive for X amount of years. Mm -hmm. The snake has been alive 
for all of these centuries, waiting, watching, biding my time, and waiting for you to get weak enough to strike. And you have been hurt. You have been beaten down. And I'm at full power. But the hidden weakness that I hope you never find is that you've got friends, you've got support, you've got people that love you and care about you, and I don't. I'm all alone, fighting one versus one against you, and if you find a way to draw on the strength and support system that you've got, I know you would defeat me. But that doesn't matter right now. Because as I introduce myself to this scene, we see the downtown section of the city. The traffic, the skyscrapers, citizens rushing off in various different directions, the Cars lining the streets, honking at each other, stuck in eternal gridlock. And all of a sudden, everything starts floating. The cars start floating up towards the air. Streetlights get ripped out of the road and start floating. The people themselves lose their footing on the earth and start rising into the atmosphere and we see a figure walking down the street in the middle of this hands extended to his sides very casually but also grandiose palms raised towards the sky just one step after another walking down the street he is a black guy, has a very similar facial structure to Jackie. He's got short, cropped hair, wears, I think, like a very well-tailored, like a dark charcoal gray three-piece suit. Mm. And as he's walking down the road with the smirk on his face, he looks up into the sky and says, Jackie, it's time we cut this little game and finally put an end to this war we've got going on. Why don't you show up and we'll get this over with. And then he snaps and Jackie appears in front of him. And I'll give you a chance to get in a little bit of stuff before I kick your ass. Ah, yes. Oh, Jackie is there. Jackie is terrified. I'm imagining this immediately after, like, like, we see... We see her still holding the coffee mug from before, 
And then she is suddenly not there and the coffee mug has like shattered on the floor. So she is now without her coffee and without her domino mask as well. Like that is for some reason gone here. So she's just face to face with this person who it seems she recognizes him for sort of obvious reasons, but in a very odd way. She recognizes him as a possible future, basically. She's seeing a possible future that she could have gone down. And because of the suddenness of everything, she is completely shocked. And I think he steps up in front of her, reaches down and like tilts her chin up with one finger and says now we can do this the easy way or the difficult way this form of yours give up and let me pilot it and I'll make this painless for you Absolutely not. You see, that's the fun thing about you and I being the same person. Two sides of the same coin, if you will. I knew you'd say that. And he raises lightly up off of the ground and sort of like Magneto floats backwards. He thrusts both his hands forward and just objects start flying at Jackie one after the other. It's like a car and then a trash can and then a dumpster and then a street light and then there's people and chunks of building and chunks of the sidewalk and like portions of the street and manhole covers and the raven is able to knock these away at first, but he just keeps going and keeps throwing more and more and bigger objects at you until eventually all that's left in the panel is a pile of rubble under which we know the raven lies. And as he snaps his fingers, we get the sign that says, Welcome to Raven's Hollow. And it changes and says, Welcome to the Snake's Hollow. So... Take the deck of cards from the city, look to the hero's renown, the number of cards they put aside, the number of lives they saved. Discard one card off the top of the deck for every card in the hero's renown. These cards are never shuffled back into the deck. And when we do that, that leaves only one card left, which is the Joker for the Uprising. Oh. So we'll get to that in just a minute after the 
fallout from the downfall. So, city, take a moment of silence to mourn your losses. I think the city's reaction is this, there's like a wave that emanates from the sign changing. And the shingles on the rooftops that once looked like raven feathers now look like snake scales. The the gargoyles, the, the Gotham-esque gargoyles that were on eaves uh, have their heads changed to snakes. Um, the paths are all a little less straight. They're all a little more sidewindy. And the loss here is so much more a loss of self and identity because this place isn't real. These people are not real in that way. And it felt like there was a ton of collateral damage that was dealt with this fight. And so the changes are ones that are more subtle than that. This is not a, this is not a big, oh, let's have the mayor come out and, and mourn. Um, it's not that kind of thing. It's just life goes on in the way it does, but things are different in the way that that this battle has been happening over and over again. And, uh, you know, if if the snake finally wins, life is still going to go on. It will be different, but life will go on. Mm -hmm. And then for the hero, take a moment of silence to deal with your failure. What does this look like as the raven has survived being attacked by the snake, but just barely? and has to regroup and recover. What this looks like is a panel of a broken and bruised Jackie just sort of kneeling in front of... in front of a giant, like, just a human-sized raven. I say kneeling, but really the more accurate description is sort of lying there and like sort of extending a hand towards um towards this giant bird and just like reaching for it and hoping beyond hope that they're not going to just turn around and leave realizing that they made a mistake in choosing their avatar this time but sort of thinking at that moment that like I think they did make a mistake. I think they did genuinely make a mistake in choosing me. So Jackie's hand sort of just drops to the ground and then sort of closes into a fist. And I don't know what the giant raven is doing. I think just sort of continuing to look at Jackie. Despite it being very difficult to read human emotions on the face of a giant bird, if you look at this bird, the bird's face actually says, if you don't get up, that was the mistake. Almost as if there could almost be like a box on the panel that says that, just encased in purple. Who that's being said to is a little bit sort of up for interpretation. One would imagine to Jackie, but not necessarily. Almost one of those panels that were you to take it out of the comic book, it would be used as a thing of like a motivational message to the people reading. All right. And then the city, when you're ready, take the remaining Joker and place it in front of the hero. Tell them what it represents. The uprising. 
their decision to come back and move forward and make it right and rise to the occasion. Tell them why you need them and why you believe in them. The city is like... We need the hero and we believe in the hero because without without this presence of the raven, the snake wins. Without without the raven to keep them in check, things get worse here. Um, but not only that, there is darkness sort of encroaching. Um, I think the docks are almost swallowed up at this point. Things are moving slower. Streets are winding. We need the hero because the city is in their head and and it's it's part of them and it's part of the raven and if the snake wins i don't think this place exists anymore and all the ramifications of that and why we believe in them because this is them this is their purpose this is why the raven is here to fight back the snake to overcome to to keep this place, which is ultimately representative of them of themselves and their relationship to the Raven, alive, because there's work to be done that is not in here. And then, hero, when you're ready, thank the city. Promise you won't let them down, because I can promise you, hero, this time you won't. Hmm. I think what that looks like is Jackie's hand. That was clenched before and sort of like just leaning against the ground. This time manages to touch the raven's beak and sort of pet the raven's beak. And from that, stand up. And this time saying, this place needs to continue to exist. And I know I'm able to do this. I know I can. I'll have to figure out how, but if there's one thing that I know for certain, it's that I can. Um, and Jackie's going to, at that point, then transform back into her raven form. Full costume and everything. Just actually being there and being ready. And that cuts to Jackie hovering over the city and just looking at the city itself and saying, my job is to protect you, and I'm going to do that no matter what. And as Jackie is saying that, she focuses on a new structure in downtown Snake's Hollow. There is a crater that used to be several of these high-rise office buildings and is now a demented, lavish, towering castle that looks like it is literally made of these buildings fused together in this twisted amalgamation of steel and stone there is i think like lava pooling up from underneath in this big long just dramatic bridge 
that connects this castle to the main section of the city. And we follow Jackie as she lands on this bridge and takes some tentative steps forward. And as she does, she notices that lining this bridge, floating maybe about 10 feet in the air, unconscious and bound in chains that tie them to this bridge are the people that she loves and cares about. As she looks, she sees her teammates, Orion, Hatchling, Technojack. She sees her dad, the Crow. She sees Dr. Phantasma. She sees all these people that she has helped and been helped by. And then at the end of this bridge, she sees herself, but not really. She sees the snake, now in armor equal in splendor and scale to hers, though with a green and gold color scheme, where hers is covered in black feathers, his is covered in these golden and silver scales, his helmet in the shape of a snake's head, with fangs dripping venom, showing his true intentions. And he looks at Jackie and laughs a little bit and says, You come to die. What makes you think this is going to turn out differently than it did before? And before we get to Jackie's answer, we get the city telling the hero what they need to hear. Name the people they saved. Tell them how they helped make this world a better place. Guide them. Encourage them. Lift them up and help them carry the weight of falling short so they can stand tall now when they need to most. The city in this case speaks to you. It is whispers. It is hushes. It is street, street names and neon signs as you move through this place and you see the, the people you've the, the faces of the people you've helped, the, the, the names of the people you've helped. There's, I mean, there's the face of the mongoose looking back at you, and, and Haley Pandon, Dr. Phantasma, the courier, these people in the city who you have helped, who you've, in the past and, and in this game, called friend in one way or another. You've helped make this world a, a better place by by helping them and you know we've got like the mongoose appears to stand by your side now you know knowing this is a situation where you need help um you know the train lines and how to get to your enemy's stronghold because Haley's aided you she's she's lined them out you know the schedule because you've helped her all of this is just this massive monolith, the 
ahead of you and you you have the means and the allies to help you reach it these are people who 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 want to see you succeed there are other aspects of yourself in many ways um and and maybe it's just the reflections of them standing behind you or walking along next to you as you approach but uh you you've got the confidence knowing that you you help these people was in part helping different pieces of you has lifted you up you have helped make this a better place because you have helped yourself you've prepared yourself for this fight and now it is time to finish it and then hero this is your moment hear what the city has to say think about how you helped people in need hear what the villain has to say Honor those you couldn't save by standing tall in this moment. Describe how you fight. Describe how you win. Much like the snake started throwing just all of these random items at her from just around the city, almost like hovering her in the city itself and the weight of it. In this moment, she's going to utilize those bizarre parts of the city that like are largely due to it being a mind palace type of a city like for example the sort of wild tunnels and train lines of that one section and that whole bit of a failure with like trying to save that one train that didn't work really well in this case um let me use that now how she's going to do that the train is the first thing i think that she's going to utilize by Noticing that there is a train that is moving kind of nearby and pretty quickly. And knowing in her heart of hearts that that train is empty, with the exception of the driver, but like, you know, that's, which is a big deal, but fine, because she has a plan for it this time, which is that she's going to open up a little bit of a portal in front of the train put the other end of the portal behind and slightly diagonal to the the snake the snake is about to get hit by a train and from that will also be pushed into another portal because ultimately like yes it's going to be hit by the train but the train has to also be back on the tracks afterwards and after that going to Float up, sort of grab him by the collar, and punch him through the glass of all 12 of the towers. Like just through each of them, which will mean punching real hard in one direction so that they fly through like all the walls and come out the other side. And then they're punched in a new direction that knocks them through the other one. Admittedly, that is going to negatively affect these towers, but it's fine. And with a wave of her hand, the towers just reform into what they were before. The damage done to the snake doesn't change. And then as after punching them through the last tower, I punch them into the center of the luncheon plaza from before. It's like right dead in the center of the whole thing. So that the snake is just sort of sitting there and lying there realistically in this crater 
And this all happened very, very quickly. She is now hovering over top of the snake. And she finally, finally has the words to, like, say why it's different this time. Which is this. It's different this time because, finally, I realized something that I should have realized so, so many years ago when we first started this whole war. Difference between you and me is that my heart is warm and yours is cold. My heart is warm because I have all of these people here who I've let into it, who hold me up, who keep me accountable. I love and cherish, and who love and cherish is me. I'm warm-blooded. You are so, so cold. And do you know what happens to cold things when you expose them to more cold? They freeze, and then eventually they just stop moving, and they disappear. And I think with that, she is sort of encasing the snake in ice. And that's the victory. And Jackie, as you defeat this dark part of yourself your eyes snap open and we see you laying on a stone slab in the middle of the castle outside of time and space and you know that you need your friend's help to defeat the snake and your friends need your help to defeat this. And that's where we're in the issue. So I want to give a very big thank you and shout out to Lauren of Nerds on a Roll for coming on and helping us with this. Lauren, if you want to tell us and remind us who you are, what you do, and where we can find you, and then we'll close this out. Hello, I'm Lauren Peterson. I had a great time. That was a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to playing this game for a while. You can find me on the Nerds on Roll podcast, where I am the MC, or you can find the games that I write at dmlsp.itch.io. You can also find me on Twitter at dm underscore lsp. Huge shout out to Nerds on a Roll. I will never get tired of plugging that podcast. If you like that I run masks, go check out Nerds on a Roll because that's what got me into masks. I really liked this game. It is very fun. And if you want to buy it yourself and run your own stories, uh, I will have a link to it down in the notes because I don't have a link to it handy to read off. It's down in the show notes. It'll be included in the tweets. 
and all that ah. good jazz. So, until next time, uh, yeah. Bye. Until next time, don't get eaten by snakes or birds. It's bad, bad to do either of those things. Also, just like, don't get frozen. Yeah. That's probably bad. <laughs> yeah. Would not recommend.